Welcome to the Burnout Recovery Podcast, a guiding resource dedicated to healthcare professionals on their journey to overcoming burnout. Spearheaded by Dr. Joe Braid, a certified professional coach and rehabilitation physician. This podcast offers practical strategies through expert interviews and personal resilience stories, providing invaluable tools for navigating professional challenges while prioritizing well-being. Regardless of your role in healthcare, this podcast acknowledges the toll of your work on your overall health and is committed to supporting your recovery from burnout and fostering a fulfilling, sustainable career. So if you're ready to begin a transformative journey, join us for each new episode. Together, we'll navigate challenges, celebrate successes, and build a supportive community of healthcare professionals. Hello, and welcome back to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Chrissy Ott to the podcast. Hi there, Chrissy. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Chrissy, I met for the first time at the Physician Coaching Summit last year that I attended, and then I just saw her again recently in Arizona when we were attending the fourth Physician Coaching Summit. Here's a little bit of backstory on Chrissy. She is a board-certified internal medicine specialist and pediatrician who's also certified in integrative medicine and has had the unusual good fortune of caring for patients in the primary care setting as a hospitalist and now serves as the medical director of a long-term care and skilled nursing facility of medically complex children and young adults. Chrissy has been leading wellness work for her peers since medical school and was the inaugural medical director of wellness for her organization. In this role, Chrissy was able to get 300 physicians and advanced practitioners through an organization-funded 12-week coaching program. This had amazing beneficial impact on burnout scores and well-being across multiple domains. Since then, Chrissy has undertaken her own coach training through Wayfinder Life Coach Training with Martha Beck and founded a company, Joy Point Solutions, to spread the benefit of coaching far and wide so that perhaps we can salvage the beauty of clinical work from the ranges of the medical industrial complex, one cognitive emotional insight at a time. Chrissy, I'm so delighted to have you here on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Jill. I just get excited hearing that description. I know that it is really such valuable work. Glad to be doing it. I mean, it sounds like wellness and well-being has been front of mind for many years for you. Would you like to share some highlights of your journey getting to where you are today? I would be delighted to, Joe. You know, I came to medicine as a little bit of a reformer. I felt like a renegade spirit in joining the profession at all, as I was not coming directly through college, um, the typical track to medical school. I had been a professional dancer and massage therapist and Pilates instructor, and then got a degree in nutrition and somewhere along the way uh, discovered, yes, medicine is actually the, the next step for me. Um, I did not come from a medical family, so it was not an apparent choice until it became apparent, such, a, such an example of how we, we really can only do what we can imagine doing. Suddenly, I could imagine going to medical school and becoming a physician. And once imagined, I could imagine nothing else. That was obviously the the next step for me. So I really brought wellness with me in an embodied way 
from the time I entered medical school uh, and found it was not a supportive environment for wellness and needed quite a, a bit of attention. I wanted to invite you to share some of those different layers of burnout, you know, that we've talked about informally off air, because you suggested that there are different times through your career, medical career, coaching and and otherwise where you've noticed some of those symptoms um, of burnout in yourself. Do you want to share what what how you stratify it in that sort of geological analogy mm. you talked about, please? Absolutely, Joe. I you know, I have practiced medicine as uh, what you all call a GP or primary care physician in the United States and as a hospitalist and as a, you know, medical director in a complex care unit. And I've actually experienced burnout in each and every one of my roles at different times. So when I first realized that burnout was a a cyclical entity, I found that a really interesting insight and a little bit of a surprise. Um, My first job out of training, so let me just back up and say, as a trainee, I was quite burned out. I was experiencing a lot of cynicism, probably some depersonalization. And in that time, I felt like the arrival fallacy was I need to get away from this training institution and everything will be better when I get my first job. I had my first job in a large physician-owned multi-specialty uh, practice, and it was not actually a great fit for me. Uh, and within 18 months, it was clear that that was not where I was going to be staying. Uh, my burnout there was really about doing work that didn't feel engaging to me. My burnout was like, it's not a good fit. It's not exactly the community I want to serve. Um, I'm not using my skills to the top of my license or ability, right? Mm. And so then my entrepreneurial spirit kicked in, Joe, which you know about me. And sure. I opened a woman practice. Um, we call them micro practices here. And I opened mine in 2008, um, mm-hmm. practiced there for eight years. And I used to describe it as um, we have a, a American artist, Norman Rockwell, who pre, like depicts kind of early uh, 20th century scenes of an old country doctor uh, Mm -hmm. and usually some young patient. So it's kind of like one-on-one slow medicine meets the internet. My my patients would schedule themselves online and we would have, you know, 45, 60 minute visits. We would have tea. It was beautifully Mm. appointed. It felt like a living room visit. And then there was an exam room on the side. There was no nurse. There was no medical assistant. There was no front desk. It was literally just me and my patients. So I really, you know, just decided to throw away the script completely and, and do medicine on my terms except I was still taking insurance. So I I look back and I think I was doing all the work of a concierge practice for none of the uh, financial reward. So in that same Mm -hmm. period of time, you know, I I thought I've controlled all the variables that could possibly be controlled. So now I won't be be burned out. I can just practice medicine with all my heart. It's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, during that eight-year period. It overlapped quite a bit with our infertility uh, adventures. Um, My wife and I have a 10-year-old daughter now, thankfully, but it took us eight years Mm. to um, conceive and have our child. And during that time, one of the cycles of burnout was really about the wound of of that journey. Um, It was very difficult Mm. to take care of these incredibly sweet young families who seem to be effortlessly having children left and right. Um, And I just, you know, wanted so badly to have our chance or I was moonlighting at that point in the hospital and 
attending births and and seeing newborns of mothers with substance abuse or um mm. you know home houselessness and you know these challenges and thinking come on universe where where is our turn so many personal factors can drive these cycles of burnout also sure. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um eventually we had this wonderful child uh and within a couple of years i realized oh my values have been um adjusted out of alignment i am now so much attending to my one person solo medical practice that i'm not as present at home as i want to be mm. um anecdotally there's this this picture of me sitting there on my laptop charting or you know responding to the bottomless inbox as my wife was holding and bouncing the child next to me and i was just in that screen and this picture that i have really encapsulates so much of what was going on and mm-hmm. through meditation actually i i took a pause i started to meditate again and i realized oh hey my feeling state my predominant emotional state is not a happy one even though i have this beautiful practice full of families i love serving i am still not well i i didn't say it that way to myself i just knew i wasn't happy and that mm. i needed a change and a lot of times in burnout i think that we especially in healthcare um look externally we're like okay what is it externally that i need to change and oftentimes we do actually need to change something because we're experiencing this burnout um symptom when the uh benefits and the costs of a situation have become out of balance so even though i made this beautiful beneficial practice at that time in that circumstance it was costing my life more than it was supporting me yes in mm-hmm. in all of these ways like it was costing me time it was not supporting my um financial well-being as as well as i would like it to have and so it was decided changing up things completely throughout the script again yeah i'm just right. going to be a nocturnist and like work at the hospital that i moonlighted at and be very happy with my medpeds colleagues and i i joked that i traded in all my long-term relationships for one night stands uh and i <laughs> i really loved the work too i felt so um fulfilled by getting to use my uh my internal medicine and pediatric training for hospital based acute care mm. i mean oftentimes in primary care although the relationships so central and it was so so patient centered really um it was also a lot of worried well and sometimes i would miss the rigor of um addressing acute pathology yeah um, uh-huh. i really i enjoy that too so it was yes. nice to make the switch you know yes um mm. and going and entrepreneur so, so, to yeah oh sorry go ahead. i was i just want to sort of highlight it's quite different to here in australia where we don't generally have consult consultants or the specialist level only doing nights and there's another colleague Jenny Hobbs who we saw again at the physician coaching summit yes. who's an adult nocturnist and she loves it because of that acute care management and that is what you are doing and i'm sure there is some admin that you have to do as well but it seems like the balance of admin to acute clinical care is quite different as a nocturnist a night doctor mm. at, than a day mm. doctor it so, really is yeah I mean really you you write your HMP and your orders and you do your billing and you're done. There's not, you know, really an inbox where you're doing a lot of um, you know, follow up afterwards. It's a very different reality um to outpatient medicine. Yeah. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you pivoted from your own clinic where you, you know, there was so much autonomy you had in your own clinic for those eight years. You could choose Mm. appointment length. You could choose the days you showed up. I mean, I guess you had your financial return for your time, but you, you had so much more autonomy than we sometimes do have in other versions of healthcare. And yet as your um, family grew and um, the balance and the values which you talked about there, you noticed that that sort of um, pre-parenthood version of yourself and then once you are a parent that there's there's a change there too. Yeah, it, I, I just, um, I think this is a story that I've heard from others before as well and it's so great to hear that relatability and that journey and weave that we have through our lives. So really, yeah, yeah. I, I loved the autonomy of um, of solo practice. And it's interesting to think about, you know, my my approach to working in an organization at first was very like stay under the radar, you know, not not a lot of interest in um, ambition or, or big, big positions or leadership, really just like mm-hmm. do my work, go home and be happy, be happy to be an employee again. And, you know, once you've, once you've been an entrepreneur, you have a new appreciation for benefits of being uh, a benefited employee, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also you're in a big organization. Hopefully you have alignment with the mission and values of the organization, and that can really take you a long way. But in the U.S., as I'm sure, you know, is also true in Australia to some, if perhaps a lesser extent, um, you know, commercial payers and, uh, you know, large industrial healthcare organizations kind of have have taken a turn. Right. So our organization made some big changes and the alignment started to um, feel like it was a little bit strained, to say the least. Um, mm. and in that time, in that same approximate time frame, I began to lead wellness work for the organization, first mm. at the hospital level and then at the regional level. And it's been interesting. Um, it's a mix, you know, we see so many beautiful things that can happen with organizational resources. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the same, the same kind of uh, proportion to the challenges that come when, yeah red tape, bureaucracy, other strategic plannings uh, don't support healthcare worker wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so was that when you were, you pioneered that 300 physicians working with coaching for institutions? Was that when that was happening there or was that a different phase? Yes, that yet? was, um, we started that in late 2021 and we mm. wrapped that up in early 2023. So yeah. we had four mm. cohorts over that time that uh, successfully completed a 12 week coaching course through coaching for institutions where all of the coaches were also physicians. Mm. What I like to think about that and, and this equation sort of came up at the beginning is that Coaching, especially for physicians, is like mental health optimization minus stigma plus community. So these groups met in small groups six times over this over the 12 weeks. They had six individual coaching sessions and they had 12 uh, hour long Zoom virtual didactic sessions um, where they learned 
a lot about different concepts and ways to to look at their challenges, um, mm. sort of self-coaching techniques and and that sort of thing. Uh, right. And we did have a really beautiful impact on the well-being index, which is a validated brief measure of burnout, mm -hmm. as you know. Mm -hmm. um, we started with high levels of distress. And at six weeks, they were down quite a lot. And by 12 weeks, they were approaching average. So yeah, we started right. high, 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 and we ended up at average. So this was really impactful. But some of my favorite takeaways from that experience, honestly, were the um, the written testimonials, the qualitative feedback, the mm. the stories and the data, as Brene Brown would, would say. Sure. Um, when individual physicians and other clinicians shared that they felt completely different in their home lives because of the tools that they learned through this mm. coaching initiative, that they actually would say things like, I can now see a sustainable future in medicine. I now feel I am empowered to take on that medical director role. I am more clear about my professional development goals or I'm super clear that I need to cut down on my FTE because my family is what's most important in this particular season of life. Yeah, right. um, just so much clarity and connecting to their own values and voice, um, leaning away from that sense of learned helplessness and victimhood and mm -hmm. more into a seat of agency and empowerment where they are directing their own life according to their values, their own inner values with intention. You know, that's yeah. so inspiring. It's really like immediately I clicked and was like, I will now immediately become a certified coach. This yes. is how I can help heal medicine. Yeah. This is what my vocational calling in medicine is today. This is the ripple I want to serve. Right. Okay. So I'm hearing you're involved in that wellness program before you did your certification and seeing that impact, you're like, hmm, yeah, I'm going to certify. You know, I was actually enrolled in certification before I had my first coaching session. I knew it before <laughs> I experienced it. It was just one of yeah. those deep knowings that drop into your body. And you're like, I don't know why I know it. My head doesn't see this making a whole lot of sense, but the clarity mm -hmm. is undeniable and we will move forward accordingly. <laughs> little oh, bit of faith. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was a line you were talking about, um, Chrissy, about meaning and meaning and connection or meaning. When we do work that we find meaningful with even just 20% of our time, this is actually, um, you know, in the, in the burnout evidence, mm. we have such reduced rates of burnout. So connecting to meaning is protective against burnout, doing work that's meaningful. So that means not shuffling papers for most of us. That means, you know, sitting with a patient or doing the procedure that we love to do, doing the thing that actually connects to our heart. Joe, I'm sure you're familiar with the, um, the concept of ikigai. Yes. Mm -hmm. Familiar, right? So this is yeah. the four-part Venn diagram of you do what you love, you do what you're good at, you do what the world needs, and you do what you can get paid for. So that's four things, and they converge together in the middle. But I'm adding mm -hmm. in the background the circle around the four circles, which is, and also that doesn't kill you. <laughs> because <laughs> medicine, uh, I mean, you yeah. can do what you love to death, right? So sure. that's the, the predicament that many of us in medicine find ourselves in. There's yeah. no doubt we love 
our patients and we love what we do. And also we've done it to death. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, like a professional athlete who no longer really enjoys the game uh, because it's become their job and they too can experience burnout at it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So finding that meaning helps us and also finding the right amount helps us. Yeah. And that that may not be a constant through our careers or our lives. And that changes with time. And um, yeah, I've just been coaching somebody recently around that sort of, are you like, who are you now in this year, Mm. in um, year like 2022 of your medical career? And um, yeah, are things shifting for you um, and other meaningful things also do they stay the same or do they sometimes shift with time as well for one? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. I think that checking in with core values periodically is such a wise thing to do because the core values that are operative in our you know, late 20s are quite different than those that are operative in our late 40s, early 50s. Uh, most of us, there's some through lines, of course, but um, we are becoming more and more of an age where we're looking backwards and going, what do I have now to give? How can Mm. I continue to transform what I've lived through in service of that, which I want to serve? No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. What are you offering to the world at the moment, please, um, Chrissy? Share with us, you know, how people could work with you and how they can reach you, please. Thank you for asking that. I what I like to describe about my offer right now is um, that it's it's kind of creative wisdom coaching. Um, I offer people themselves so that they can offer themselves to the world. Mm. Uh, I am passionate about connecting people to their gifts the ones that they want to give. And I think that um, a well-lived life in some ways is we die empty, that we die having given everything that we have to give to this ailing world that needs so much love and help and compassion. Um, And I want those to be like unique, the unique gifts that delights people to give so that they're giving from that ikigai space in a way that is not incredibly depleting to them Mm. and in a way that is actually just joyful that fills them up at the end so i love to help people connect to those things and i think that what we have to offer the world is often that which we have healed in ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah but we have thoroughly processed those difficulties or insights they become transformed into these gems of offering, um, which I think is just a a beautiful thing to serve and do and be. Um, So I am offering 12 person, 12 week cohorts of group and individual coaching. I call it 12 Mm -hmm. by 12, 12 people, 12 weeks, infinite possibilities. And there's always information about that at joypointsolutions.com. But I am just, I love working with healthcare professionals and I love mixing them with creatives, Mm -hmm. sort of the, the all ego to my my own being um, is that I consider myself a creative and a clinician mm. and bringing those intelligences together into the same space and watching them learn from one another and see their similarities and see how 
you know, the creative is a healer and that the healer is also a creative. It's just, yeah, it's quite I see. Oh, that's great. That's so, yeah, so unique from what I have witnessed around the world so far and so delighted you've got that as a possibility for people. Yeah. So, yeah. so good. Mm. Okay. Well, is there, oh, there's my final question that I always love to ask my guests on the podcast. What is that one self-care habit, tool, technique that you rarely miss? The thing that I rarely miss, I'm going to give you a, a part A and a part B. Um, the thing that I really rarely miss is my um, sitting meditation daily. I mm. feel like that centers me and um, just helps the brain with its uh, its conscious responsiveness to what, what comes in. So just expanding awareness all the time. Yes. Adding awareness makes everything better. And the second mm. thing is walking my dog. I almost Aww. never miss walking our our sweet hound dog who really requires walking. And I use that time really as me time. Feels good to just move in the neighborhood and see the sights and have some simple time. I love it. I love it so much. What about you, Joe? What is your daily practice that you rarely yeah. miss? Yeah. You know, I have this real connection with water, which uh, we live in the countryside far from the ocean. But yeah, I guess, and it's pretty cold in winter here, but right now at the moment, and if I'm traveling and I'm coastal, I will always submerge as often as I can. And I guess if that is not in the pool or the ocean, it is um, bath time, which I find extremely relaxing. And that is, yeah, water. Um, being surrounded by water for me is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. Chrissy, it's been my absolute pleasure to get these gems of, you know, your journey through life, your journey through healthcare, bringing that creativity, weaving the, I guess, career you had before you came into doctoring, and then how things have continued for you with and beyond medicine as well. I will add all the links to JoyPoint Solutions in the show notes for the listeners to check out afterwards. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today, and I look forward to when we cross paths again. Joe, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to have visited on your podcast, and I can't wait till our next crossing. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Chrissy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If there's someone in your world who would also benefit from this, please share it with them. Remember, you are not alone and there is hope for a brighter, more fulfilling future. Let's continue this journey together one episode at a time. For more resources, including how to move from dread to delight, head to drjoebraid.com.